This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Feminism, 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 feminism ruins everything. It's a feminist podcast. Hello and welcome to Feminism Ruins Everything. We are the feminist podcast where we give critiques to movies, musicals, and pop culture phenomena and potentially ruin them. Potentially. But we are not going to do that today. We would like to acknowledge that we are recording today's episode on stolen Ghana land. We would like to pay our respects to all elders, past, present, and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. And as always has been, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Yeah. So today we're going to do something a little bit different, uh, because today is our last episode of the year. Our next episode is going to come out New Year's Day. We think. Uh, That's the next time that it's Friday. (laughs) Uh, And it's also Christmas. If you're a Christmas person, have a great day. If you're not a Christmas person, that is totally valid and enjoy your time. Yeah, look after yourself. Yeah. So instead of doing a normal episode where we review a movie, musical and or pop culture phenomena and potentially ruin it, today we're going to have like a little bit of a look back over the year that was. We're going to do a review of 2020 strictly from the perspective yeah, of the podcast. Absolutely. Just of our episodes. Let's not yeah. talk about broader Everything else. Socio-political, pandemic-related stuff, because you've you've heard it before. You've heard it all. You've heard it before. But we really appreciate the fact that we were able to utilise this year in starting this podcast, and we're so grateful to everybody who has tuned in and listened to us. And so I thought we would just, like, reflect on the year that we have our first, you know, year of running Mm. a podcast, essentially. Yeah, and on the podcasts that we've made... And the fun shit we've done together, Ellis. Yeah. So Ellis has prepared some questions. I've prepared. And I have not seen said questions, so I'm ready to be blown away like by some what of, you've prepared for me, Ellis. Some of them are like really kind of like standard reflection questions. Other ones are a little bit out there. And then I've got something fun for us at the end, which I think is really fun. And I hope that other people do too. If not, Patreon content. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up for the patrons and you can hear what Ellis thought was fun and nobody else <laughs> did. What are your questions, Ellis? I'm so interested. First up, really simple, really easy. What's the favourite thing that you've watched this year for the podcast? Favourite thing I've watched for the podcast? I reckon it was actually 10 Things I Hate About You. Nice. Because yeah. the other stuff that I watched, it was either stuff that I was really familiar with and I was like, oh, I know this backwards I just need to like write down some specific quotes that so that I've got like solid talking points or it was stuff that I'd never seen and I was like there's a reason I've never seen this <laughs> um, because I didn't want to yep um but yeah no I it was only the second time I think I'd ever seen it and I watched it and was like oh damn this is way better than I remembered it being mm. and I feel like it was very nuanced in a lot of ways in that it was really hard to um, set up a clear line of this is problematic, this isn't, and I mm. liked how um, how complex it was and how much we had to like kind of 
draw it out to draw any finite conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, it's just a damn good movie. Just a real good Heath movie. Heath Ledger. Oh. oh. Baby Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Baby Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Oh. Julia Stiles. Just Incredible. Incredible performances. It's just good shit. Really good script. The cover version of I Want You to Want Me that plays over the credits has been stuck in my head since we watched it. Mm. It's so good. Ellis, what is your favourite thing that we watched for the podcast? The, I mean, the obvious answer for me is Hamilton, but I'm not because that's... I'm not going to say that because I think that's a really obvious answer. Um, but I actually think it was When Harry Met Sally. Huh. Because I adore that film. I think it's so well written and so interesting and a really good character study. But I also loved watching it for the podcast because... Y- it is fun. It's a fundamentally flawed movie, as we kind of discuss yeah. in the episode. And so, watching it, I was really interested in going, "Oh, I'm really enjoying this." But why am I really enjoying this? Is it okay that I'm enjoying it? Mm. And so, there was a lot of like questioning and quandering of my own enjoyment of this yeah. film that I really, really enjoyed doing. Mm. I think I'm really glad that our hypothesis that I reckon we posed in literally our first ever episode has very much been fulfilled Mm. in that we went, we hope that what is going to happen is that we're going to watch these films, recognize that they're problematic in X, Y, Z way, still enjoy them and then come to the conclusion that if you are watching something with a critical eye and you're not just kind of taking on board every problematic trope that you see and accepting it as as fact then there's nothing wrong with watching stuff that has problematic elements to it as long as you're going hey i can see that's an issue Hmm. but i'm not gonna like internalize it it. in my everyday life yeah yeah and i think when harry met sally is a good example of that because it's really fun it's really good really funny movie billy crystal i still think harry's a dick i still stand by it i i like i agree but I'm also kind of taken by Billy Crystal's charming dickishness. So anyway, Mim, we've talked about our favorite. Mm-hmm. What was your least favorite thing to watch for the podcast? I've got to tell you, I had a very bad time watching Holidate. Yeah, that was not fun. I did not have a good time doing that. Um, I also did not enjoy Moulin Rouge. You really didn't. And I think that it was a multitude of factors. I think it was a... I was watching it on my laptop, and I feel uh, like it's kind of one of those spectacle movies that if you're in a cinema it's on a widescreen, you're going to get a lot more from it. But also, B, I feel like it was so hyped up in my mind, and everyone's like, oh my god, Moulin Rouge, that by the time I watched it, I had such high expectations that were not met at all. Mm. Yeah. No, I, Also, I, I just so that. few women... Of substance. So, so few women of yeah. substance in that film. Yeah. And also, your girl is not a fan of the jukebox musical. <laughs> so I just, yeah, it was set up for failure on many levels, yeah. I feel. Yeah. That's fair. What was your... <laughs> Else, I think I already know the answer to this, but I can't wait for you to tell me. What was your least favourite? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've been waiting for. <laughs> because... No other piece of media has made me regret starting a podcast in the same way that The Greatest Show. <laughs> the entire time I was watching it, I was like, 
how did I let you convince me that this was a good idea? Because it turns out that when you hate something, it makes for a really funny episode. (laughs) (laughs) So I've just got to bait you into watching stuff I know that you won't like. And then when you trash it, it's hilarious. It's good. It's good content. You got to give the people what they want. People have really enjoyed that. Um, And which is why it leads on to my next question of what is your favorite episode of the podcast that we've released so far? I have a few, mm-hmm. um, and I would like I would couple this by saying if you haven't listened to them, I'd recommend them because I reckon they're our best ones. Um, definitely our six episode with video. Yes, uh, that was phenomenal. Not only because six is an amazing feminist piece of musical theatre, but also just because video is so articulate and. Um, so insightful and so intelligent and obviously had a very close attachment to the show because she was in it mm-hmm. um yeah i would highly recommend that episode that was oh that good shit yeah that was a highlight of the year for me mm, absolutely i also really liked doing the chicago episode mm. and i feel like um that had more to unpack than we might have anticipated i i agree with that yeah um as much as I did hate watching The Greatest Showman, I do think that episode is probably one of my favourites. Um, I just remember enjoying editing that one mm-hmm. and like going back and kind of listening to us just rag Fashion? on this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was really really fun. Um, or or the six episode was mm. probably um, what I was going to say. I. I also really like the Frozen episode. <gasps> Me too. It was our first live episode. Um, like the live episodes were exciting because they were so new and, yeah. and and a different medium for us. But I really enjoyed the discussion that not only we had, but the audience got involved yeah. in with with the Frozen one. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, would recommend. Yeah, Frozen was a good episode as well. Yeah. Also, just Frozen itself. Oh, feminist Fro- is all hell. Excellent film. Good shit. Excellent film. I'm going to call a lot of things good shit in this episode. I can already feel it. Is it, is it this episode's an absolute bop? This episode is an absolute bop. Incredible. Which episode of our podcast surprised you the most? In the sense of when you started the discussion, you didn't think it would be as, as deep or as interesting or go in a direction that it ended up going? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been Heather's. Okay. Because I'm a huge, huge fan of that show. Like I said, like I admitted on that episode, I've never actually seen the movie. Um, But I'm like very intimately acquainted with the musical. Yeah. um, Because I've been in it and I love it so much. It's one of my favorite shows. And I just had it in my mind. I was like, yeah, that's a heaps feminist show. Of course. Yeah, there are so many like feminist merits to it, but also um, like queer representation, um, representation of plus size women, etc. In my head, I was like, yep, tick, tick, tick. And then we dove into it and we were like, actually, the queer representation is a bit dicey. And actually, the plus size representation also kind of dicey. And um, while I think it has a lot of, um, I think it has a lot of good criticism of toxic masculinity and it has a very, a lot of strong female characters, I was, I called into question how much it aligned with my values and I was like damn it because I love Heathers <laughs> I was upset about that <laughs> but also you know it's good to to question those things so I yeah. think that was one of the ones that 
I was like, oh, just kidding. That is, is more problematic than I thought. <laughs> Not and as I progressive was, as you hoped. Yeah. That's the thing. You always hope that things that you like are going to be progressive or hold up. Yeah. And sometimes they don't. And it's like, you know, analyzing it with a critical eye and kind of like having an understanding about yeah. that. And also it was really good to have Kirsty on that episode because yeah. as a queer plus size woman, she was able to, you know, shed light on some of that stuff from a more personal perspective that we couldn't give from our lived experience. And so like having her perspective in the mix as well made me question it more. Mm. Also, she's just a delightful so human being. So moral of the story, Kirsty ruined Heather's <laughs> for me, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Very fair. I'm just kidding. I adore you, Kirsty. One of the only, one of our only two, two-time podcast guests. <laughs> Ellis, what about you? What surprised you, shocked you, upset you, flipped your expectations? Tell me, dude. Uh, the episode that surprised me the most, I think, was our Chicago episode. Yeah. Because I remember watching that film uh, and adoring the film and kind of getting to the end and going, I actually don't know what we're going to talk about. Because, you know, you have two strong female leads and then that's about... That, you know, when we finished watching, I was like, that's about it. And I just had no idea exactly where the conversation was going to go. And it was one of those episodes that the more we talked and just had a conversation the deeper we dove into the the construction of the the film and the musical and the story and it actually ended up being way more subtly feminist than a lot of the things that we covered Mm. in in the last year and that was a wonderful exploration of the text through discussion which like most of the time we, we kind of like we come together and we know exactly what points we want to hit and we discuss it all and we kind of like lay it out and then just kind of record the discussion. But Chicago, we were a little bit, we, you know, we, we were a little bit adrift when we met up to record and it was only through actually talking about it that we were able to, to hone in on, on what it, the film meant mm. and what, how it impacted us. And that really surprised me. And I, I, I love that episode because of it. Yeah. At the risk of sounding like a broken record. Chicago's good shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mim, is there any episode that you wish you did differently or would like to revisit in the future? I don't think there is one single episode that I would single out and say I would do that differently. But I do think that over the course of this year, I have learnt a lot and become a lot more informed um, about, particularly about different intersections of feminism and um, have become a lot more cognizant of um, racial stereotypes in media and just mm. about how inherently um, racism is just woven in to the, the media that we consume. And so I think that um, the further back in the catalogue we go, the less informed I was and probably that you would say yeah. as well um, about that. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's, but that's the virtue of anything that you create like you're always going to become more informed as time goes on or you'd hope so you would hope (laughs) you would hope so (laughs) and so I think that um I'll probably look back at some of those first episodes in like a year or so and be like oh god (laughs) um but at the same time um I I think that anyone can appreciate that um I do think I hope at least that the 
the conversations became a lot more nuanced the more that our catalogue went on and the more that we learnt and grew as feminists and mm. activists and people engaging with other intersections of feminism yeah. beyond the strictly um, women-oriented feminism. And, and also just, like, getting better at making the podcast. Like, we didn't really know what we were doing <laughs> for a, a long time. <laughs> Some may argue we still, we still don't. don't. <laughs> still floundering, still floundering. But, the, like, those early episodes, you know, we were still finding our feet. We were finding our groove with each other mm. and... Uh, both in terms of the discussion and like the editing and and putting it all together, so like I I agree. I'd hope that we would have grown in all of these facets as the podcast continued, and that's kind of where we'd want to revisit things yeah. from that perspective, as opposed to like that was a bad discussion or you, yeah. you, you know what I mean. The 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 one episode that I want to expand on the most is the friends episode oh because yeah. i feel like we barely scratched the yeah. surface considering the the time allotment that we had um but i think that's just by virtue of the fact that it's a it's a 10 series long yeah. sitcom that ran for 10 years like there's no way that in an hour that we could have touched on everything <laughs> so i feel like it's not so much that um it wasn't a good discussion it's just that we there are so many more things yeah. that we could have expanded on the, the iceberg goes further down we will expand and that's something that I think we're going to start doing in the new year is like going back and revisiting stuff that we've already talked about mm. and getting a fresh perspective in or going, here's some more talking points that we can dive into that we didn't touch on yeah. first time around. So like, get keen for that, 2021. <laughs> is there anything that you have watched or read or listened mm -hmm. to, anything artistic that you would like to recommend to people? Absolutely there is. Um... This one I'm probably late to the party on because I watched it right as everyone else was watching it. So I feel like there's no one that hasn't watched this that wouldn't have already been recommended to watch it. But holy shit, I love Shit's Creek. <laughs> I love Shit's Creek so much. And I have told you many times, you Ellis Dolan, that you need to watch it. Um, Shit's Creek is so good. Um, what have I read? Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Again, okay. everyone is on the Glennon Doyle train, so it's not a, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not a unique mm -hmm. re um, recommendation, but um, it's this beautiful, beautiful um, book with lots of little snapshots of her life, and uh, it's it's essentially about unlearning what you have been, how you have been conditioned to act and act and how you've been conditioned to think as a woman. Oh, wow. It's so good. Sounds incredible. It's so good. Uh, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Check it out if you haven't. Um, and those are the two that spring to mind immediately. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Schitt's Creek, so feminist. Oh, my God. And right. Glennon Doyle, like... Like I literally just inherently gave you the synopsis feminist. of the book, like yeah. inherently feminist. Yeah. Uh, in a shocking turn of events, Millicent Sarah recommends feminist media. No one's shocked. Every, completely surprising. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, fun anecdote for anyone that is interested. I was telling Ellis this before. It's really funny to me uh, that I'm producing and performing in a couple of shows in Adelaide Fringe, including our live podcast. Yes. Um, and I was like making QR codes for the, the ticket sites. Um, so I was just like looking up my show listings on the Fringe website and I typed into the search bar the word feminism and two shows came up 
uh, in the Fringe Guide that contain the word feminism in the title, they're both my shows. <laughs> <laughs> I am producing and performing in both of them. And I was like, yeah, that... You have cornered that market. Yes, I am nothing if not consistent. <laughs> my brand is strong and secure. Gotta stay on brand. <laughs> Ellis, tell me about the media that you have consumed that you want to recommend this year. Uh, the first thing is a film on Netflix called Over the Moon. It's uh, a wonderful animated musical uh, set in China and based on Chinese folklore. And it's just really, really charming, very authentic, very feminist as well. Yes. Um, like just this it's this wonderful story about like grief and loss and coming to terms with with uh death and moving on and it's really really poignant really lovely and the songs are great as well really lovely songs over the moon the other thing that i watched which really surprised me uh was the the harley quinn tv show okay so harley quinn is a batman villain if you're not sure about that and this is an animated show and it is like filled with like swearing and and sex and drugs and and that and i remember like looking at it and going there is no way that i will like this <laughs> and then i started watching it and i think i consumed the entire thing in 2 days i love that cuz was just like this is so much fun it's a really wonderful look at a character who has essentially been an abuse victim mm. since she was invented and it's all about her taking control of her life and discovering who she really is and um, rejecting her abuser oh. and l- discovering new things about herself. And it was, I was so emotionally invested in all the characters. The characterization of everyone is amazing. It's really funny. It's really poignant. Um, and the end, it's only two seasons long, so it's like really easy to consume. So I would recommend that to, to everyone. I think it, it's been, it surprised me so much, and I just adored it. Yes. I was very pleasantly surprised when I went to see the live action with Margot Robbie. I think it was Birds of Prey. Is that oh, the most yeah. recent Birds of Prey. movie that came out? Um, and I went because I went with my boyfriend, who is a Batman tragic. <laughs> uh, and he was like, well, come, because, you know, it's got a female protagonist, strong female lead. It's apparently very feminist. And I was like, you know how to suck me in, (laughs) don't you? (laughs) That's how you get me to attempt Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. to see something affiliated with a Batman franchise. Um, And yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by how Mm. invested and how much I enjoyed it. Like the first five minutes, it was a bit jarring because it's very stylized. And so I just had to kind of like adjust to the very strong um, stylistic choices that were being made in every department. Um, but once I was like in it, I was so in it. Okay, I haven't seen Birds of Prey, so I should, I should probably check it out. Apparently it got like zero press. Ugh. Not many people came, like box office, bleh. That's upsetting. Like, yeah. Of course. Strong female lead in the, is it DC or Marvel? DC. Yeah, strong female lead in the DC universe doesn't get the publicity. Of course patriarchy am i right (laughs) that's my favorite thing when you know somebody has a minor complaint that's not remotely has it has nothing to do 
with like gender equality or anything. It's like, oh, I like rolled my ankle. Ugh, patriarchy. It's my favorite thing. I love it. Now that we are no longer supporting she who must not be named and therefore are no longer identifying as Hogwarts houses, what kind of bender are you? Or okay. do you have another thing that you can substitute in place of that? See, I like the bender question because, you know, I love my avatar. Yeah. Um, if anyone is not familiar with what we're talking about, we're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, although I do, I do object to the question because mm-hmm. I do feel that we can uh, take transphobic authors and detach them from the universe that means a lot to a lot of people. Like, I'm still going to identify as a Gryffindor. I, I'm still going to inherently feel like a Hufflepuff. Yeah, exactly. But I feel but like... I like the Bender question as yeah. well, because that's fine. Um, although my issue with the Bender question is I don't feel like the characteristics and the uh, personality traits that belong to each of the tribes are quite as distinct. No, they're not. They're, they're very, I mean, like, you know, you get all sorts of people from all sorts of places. Mm. But it was, the, it was the closest analogue I could think of. <laughs> no, I really like it. And also, because when I watch Avatar, I'm like, which bender am I? You, you ask yourself the question. I ask myself that, yeah. but I don't have as strong an answer. Um, I think... I think maybe an airbender. Yeah. Because uh, I'm a bit frantic. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a very, like... You know, I just like think of Aang and airbending. I'm like, it's like very out there and very like free spontaneous, yeah. free spirited, but like very bold in their choices. <laughs> and I feel like that's me. Like I'm not grounded, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you would expect of maybe like an earthbender. I feel like there's like some like calmness and serenity associated with waterbending, and I am not that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm not quite like, hot-headed enough mm. to be a firebender. Okay. All right, my answer is air. Is All that right. what you would have expected of me? Now that you said it, I think that, ma- that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think airbender makes sense for you. Great. What about you? We, we've just completely alienated all of the non-Avatar non Avatar watchers, haven't we? Well, if you're not an Avatar watcher, go watch Avatar. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's, not, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, the whole thing. It's amazing. Um, I think I am a waterbender. Mm. Um, not only do I just really like swimming, but I don't know. I feel like there is this kind of like easy flexibility mm-hmm. to it that I think I'm, I can be quite easygoing and and i also think it's a really supportive yeah thing water feels really supportive and and nurturing in some ways yeah. and i like to think that that's me that is you so can yeah. confirm oh, as your friend you. <laughs> yeah i like that for you yeah if you could visit mim and ellis back when we started the podcast and give them one piece of advice for their first episode what would it be well, I distinctly remember in our first episode being very choosy with my words because I was like, if I say something that I don't want to say, I can't take it back. And now <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Ellis, you can just edit that out. So I would say, I mean, past Ellis might not like this, but to past Mim, I would be like, say what you like, run your mouth off. It can be edited out You can later. take it out. You can change it. Yeah, that's probably what I would say. <laughs> uh, and also it just means that, you know, 
bit more high energy. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'd probably say like get your energy up from the beginning and I think reach out to more guests sooner. Mm. Because I think like every we, time we've had a guest, they've been so it's been wonderful, insightful, and yes. just having that extra perspective of different experiences. I think all those episodes, something is really brought to that, and I really enjoy having them. Not that I don't enjoy the conversations where it's just you and I, but having that extra voice just brings a lot to it. And I'm like, go seek out more voices. Um, yeah, like. Some of the, the Taboo Tuesdays where we've reached out to multiple people and got like heaps of perspectives in the one episode, those have been some of my favourites as well. Yeah. And so I'm just like, do more of that. Yeah. And get get on that and, and learn how to do that quicker. Yeah. And I think that's just a good tip for life, isn't it? Yeah. Seek out more perspectives that yeah. you yourself don't have lived experience of. Learn and grow. Absolutely. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Question? That's all the questions that I have before the fun thing. Do Let's do the, do the fun thing. I want to do okay. the fun thing. All right. So this this is what is the fun thing? Okay. So um, for a while, I watched a show called Inside the Actors Studio, awesome. where James Lipton, as part of a university course, would interview actors. Like they they got Harrison Ford and Stephen Sondheim did an episode. So of course I watched it. Oh damn! Like it was just like like high quality actors who are working, and he would go through their filmography or, or cinematography and um, like Robin Williams did an episode it was oh, incredible um, and just like talk about their process and their experiences and James Lipton would always end each episode with the Bernard Pivot questionnaire so this is the question that Inside the Actor Studio ends every episode okay. with okay it's just one question uh, no so it's, a, it's about ten questions sick so is it like snappy uh, it's pretty snappy okay um, I'm ready and We'll we'll ask them and we'll both do it. Okay, cool. I was I was about to say at the same time, but I'm like three, two, two one. one. Blah. Blah. Okay. Question one. Yeah. What is your favorite word? <gasps> Feminism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's that's dorky. Oh, what's my favorite word? I'm gonna say something like soliloquy. Oh. That's a nice word. Because not only is it pretty, also the spelling is just ludicrous. <laughs> but it looks really pretty when you write it down. It okay. also sounds really nice. Okay. Else, what's your favourite word? My favourite word is schadenfreude. Yeah, nice. Because it's, it's a fun word to say. It's a fun word to sing. Mm. Uh, it's a difficult word to spell. Uh, but I also just, it has such a specific meaning yeah. that I just adore. Yeah, that is nice. That is uh, nice. For those of you who don't know, schadenfreude is joy at the misfortune of others. Yeah, which is, um, you know, what you're about, Ellis Dolan. Oh, all about it. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the Cats episode? <laughs> Mim, what is your least favourite word? Like, it's in a very specific context. Mm -hmm. And in some contexts, I don't mind it. But... 
when specifically when men use it in a derogatory way either towards women mm. or towards other men i don't like the word pussy yeah but when it's like in wap i'm all over it. <laughs> yeah. it's all about context it's all about context but when it's like in like a really gross sexual way of somebody like personifying not somebody personifying somebody objectifying someone mm. and their anatomy with that word i really hate it that's fair yeah but when it's associated with female empowerment or like Hold empowerment of people who have vulvas i'm like yeah I love it. sick that's great what about you my least favorite word is uh it's the n-word oh yeah which, that's fair enough which i'm don't say it <laughs> definitely not gonna no. say um yeah fair but it's yeah, just fair. yeah just, and, I think, and, I think and again, it goes without saying. And again, context. Yes. Like, it's fine in the mounts of people that have reclaimed it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I, it, it is a word that I would never use. And just the idea of people weaponizing it yeah. horrifies me. Gross. It's just gross. Uh, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I think seeing young women creating work that they're passionate about and bouncing off them like and working with them Amazing. but also like even if I'm not involved just, just seeing like refuels you yeah just seeing a woman thriving and making something that she cares about I'm like yes for me it's insightful conversation that makes me laugh Cute. like just Something about it. Or even even just like conversations with somebody where you're in sync and laughing a lot. Laughing. Cute. Laughing. Cute. Um, my other thing is talented kids. <laughs> like seeing mm, people uh, yeah. really excel when they're young and just being like, oh my God, you're not even necessarily skill set, but like wisdom or insight um, when it's beyond somebody's years yeah. is so exciting to me. Like just... Kids who get it, I love. That that was my entire experience on School of Rock, yeah. of just being surrounded by children like yeah. that. And they were incredible. That's my entire experience as a scene teacher. Yeah. What turns you off? Uh, entitled men. Yeah. Especially, like, mediocre ones. <laughs> who, like, still think that their opinion matters more <laughs> than people who are more qualified than them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like men with very overinflated senses of self and ego. Mm -hmm. Not into that at all. No, understandable. I mean, not a not a nice trait in a woman either, but like it's especially insidious. Especially when it's in men. men. What about uh, you, Alice? For me, it's conservative politicians. I mean, I think the two go hand the two, in the hand. Two, the two are intrinsically linked. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, a, in a Venn diagram, the overlap is large. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, this is possibly the most fun question on the list. Okay, I love fun questions. What is your favorite curse word? Um, I like referring to myself in third person in an endearing way as bitch. <laughs> like, I just like calling myself bitch. Yeah. Like, especially when I mess up. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, oh, look what this bitch did. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. We have an ongoing joke where 
if either of us are running late to something. <laughs> uh, we will no longer say, sorry, I'm running late. We will just text each other the words uh, to be sung to the tune of Smelly Cat from or like, Friends. Or sometimes we'll send like audio messages to convey yeah. this, yeah. It'll be flaky bitch, flaky bitch, sorry I'm running late. Flaky bitch, flaky <laughs> bitch, my time management skills are poor. <laughs> Outstanding. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Ellis, what's your favourite curse word? Like, I wish I could say... The, the word that I want it to be is bollocks. Because I think <laughs> it's... Because you're Scottish? Because that, that's more of an English thing, oh, okay. I would say. Okay. But it's just to me, it just sounds inherently funny and effective. Yeah, I get that. But but I don't say it enough. It's probably just fuck. Like, Are you going to edit that out? I haven't decided yet. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the one I use the most, anyway. Um, hi, Mum. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Uh, sound of the ocean. Oh, beautiful. Can I tell a cute story? Yes. It's not about even the ocean. It's just about a sound that someone loves. <laughs> so I used to live with my best friend, Zach. And um, any time that I would like go to see him in his room so that I could like knock on his door or like see if he was asleep or whatever, I would always like tap my fingernails on his door. I would do this. I don't know if, you, if the mic's going to pick it up, but it, this is the table, but I did this on his door with my fingernails. Yeah. And now, like years later, we haven't lived together for years, but now anytime I see him, if I like make that noise, it like soothes him it's adorable like sometimes because oh. he like lives in Melbourne most of the time sometimes I'll like send him a little audio message of me just like tapping my fingernails on something and it like it creates this like visceral reaction that he like feels loved and cared for it's, oh that's beautiful it's, that was a cute story it's adorable he's so cute I love that's him so adorable. much yeah what about you what sound do you like mine is incredibly nerdy because it was the first thing that came to mind so I must share it yeah there is a specific like bring sound when you're when you're playing the video game Kingdom Hearts and you're going through like the menu and selecting all the different options it just does like a as you move it around and for whatever reason that sound just fills me with so much joy that's beautiful it's very nerdy that's so nerdy <laughs> it's so nerdy I but, really love it but I, I adore it so much what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, um, when people sing and you can hear them constricting. People, <laughs> people singing in a vocal quality that you can tell is probably hurting them mm. or is, like, doing damage to their vocal folds. I'm always like, oh, oh no. take care of your larynx. <laughs> Stop it. What is going on? What about you? Uh, for me, it's like a car or a motorbike revving way too much. Yeah, fair. Just... I do not associate that with good things. And every time I hear it, I just get immediately uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I don't, don't like it. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? See, here's the thing. I've attempted most. <laughs> that's, that's what I've been thinking. <laughs> no, that's a lie. I, uh, most is a lot. But I just have a lot of side hustles. Yeah. I do a lot of things. You've tried a lot of things. I'm qualified in more things than I <laughs> utilize. Um, actually, no, I would love to be a journalist. Yeah. I would love to be an investigative journalist. Like, I'd love to be Lee Sales and just, like, 
ask really cutting questions with a really clear agenda. Um, or like write pieces that you publish that like take down problematic people. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. I, I did think journalist for me, but I think I kind of would love to try lecturing. Cute. Like at a university or something. Just, I don't know, there's something, like there's something performative in that as well. Because like I'm, I'm doing a thing performing in front of a bunch of people mm. but I also think like I I don't know I, I remember the good lectures I really enjoyed at uni and I'm like that'd be, that'd be interesting to to do and give a shot cute yeah Dr. Dolan Dr. Dolan one day <laughs> what profession would you not like to do <laughs> I'm just gonna say as a blanket rule because there are lots of things that this applies to something in which I don't have the capacity to be creative because mm. I think the the through line of everything that I do and the reason why I love all 1700 of my jobs is that there's a very strong creative component in all of them yeah and that's very very important to me um so I think yeah if I had to work in something that was like very um black and white and didn't have room for creativity I would not thrive yeah <laughs> I would not thrive if you had to pick one? Oh, I don't know, like accounting maybe? With no disrespect to the accountants out there, what you do is very important and God, mm -hmm. damn, God knows that I need you because my finances are all over the place. Yeah. But I couldn't do it. I, I kind of regret asking you the follow-up because my answer was going to be accountant. <laughs> And, and I'm so like I'm sorry. Just I just want to say so sorry, <laughs> so sorry to the accountants out there, who whose occupation gets a bad rap as being like the most boring, like dry mm -hmm. thing. Like I'm sure that you guys are excellent people. Wonderful accountants are important. So important. And they do great things, and and I'm sure they're all lovely. Yeah. Across the board, I'm making that general statement. I'm sure there are some that aren't lovely. Probably. But also there are some artists that aren't lovely. Exactly. You get bad apples everywhere. But for, for me, it's more like it's the combination of a job where you sit at a desk at a computer or, or whatever all day in your tiny little office or cubicle plus maths. <laughs> like it's that perfect Venn diagram of like these are two things which I do not enjoy <laughs> smushed together. Yeah. But thank you to all the accountants who do our work for us thank you i'm really sorry my taxes are a mess because i have 1700 different income streams like i really apologize <laughs> but you're a creative with lots of side hustles so many side hustles mim this is the last question Ooh. if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates um i'm about to get emotional um I'm not sure if it's necessarily like what I would want God in inverted commas to say, um, but more so that like, um, that I would like get to an opportunity to see my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, um, my paternal grandma died when I was 10 mm. and I never got to know her very well because I was 10. 10. <laughs> um, but growing up, um, everyone that knew my grandma who met me was like, oh my gosh, you're so much like Winifred. Um, and oh like she was a singer. She was a French teacher. She um, 
apparently had like very similar like personality traits to me that so many people are like you remind me so much of your grandma mm. um that and i mean i would want an opportunity to like get to know her better as an adult regardless of whether or not she was like me it's not yeah. that i only want to meet and interact with people who are similar <laughs> to me <laughs> but um i have just always felt very cheated of the opportunity to get to know her yeah. when i feel like a lot of my who I am I owe to who she was yeah and so yeah I would want a, an opportunity to like connect with my grandma that if heaven awesome. exists which regrettably as a strong atheist I would say I would say I'm agnostic I would say I'm agnostic oh, but fair enough, fair enough. yes as a non-religious person I would say don't feel like that's gonna happen but that's all right because people live on in, in memory and in um, other ways, not just in, you know, supernatural... Religious Religious ways, That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. I, I am an atheist. Great. So, um, so if, if heaven exists and I did arrive at the pearly gates and there was God, I would just kind of want to hear, look, I can explain. <laughs> 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 and... We'll see where it goes from there. Right. <laughs> I love that. Ellis Stolen, a year in review, 2020. It was a bit of a hot mess, but we made a podcast. We did. It was a good time. I had a great time making a podcast with you. Thank you for making a podcast with me. It's and let's been do a lot it again next year. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this train rolling. Friends, listeners, if you've made it this far, powers well for you. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Um, not just to this episode, but like to our entire catalogue. We really appreciate you being here um, and supporting us. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. Like we never imagined that the podcast was going to get as much traction as it has. Yeah. And that's been super wild. Um, so I don't think we would have continued if we didn't have the the positive feedback and the listenership that we mm. have had. If people were like, yo, your podcast sucks, we probably wouldn't have made <laughs> would have changed some things. 40-something episodes of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we really appreciate all your feedback and all your support and uh, hope you have a lovely rest of your 2020, all six yeah. days of it. Exactly. If you want to share some of your favourite moments from the yes, podcast with do. us, please send them. We would if, love that. If you want to answer the Bernard Pivot questionnaire and send it to us go for it yeah, that'd be awesome it. um but please check us out on instagram we are feminism ruins everything pod uh on facebook we're feminism ruins everything dash it's, it's a, a feminist, feminist podcast. podcast uh or if you'd like to support us on patreon patreon.com slash feminism ruins everything pod yeah. all right thanks for a great year folks take care everybody see you in 2021 bye, bye.